Rebuilding Your Life, Moving from Disaster to Prosperity with Susan Shireko, where we help you transform your life by changing what you're telling yourself. Whatever your circumstances, you can experience health, financial security, and a sense of well-being once again. And now, here's your host, Susan Shireko. Welcome. I'm Susan Shireko, and we're going to be talking about vision boards today. You know, when I was uh, completing the first draft of my book, Rainbows Over Ruins, I had a large bulletin board behind my desk at the office and it occurred to me one day that I would turn it into a vision board, complete with pictures, at that time pictures of games because they were full of color and they represented fun. And it just seemed to fit into the context of what I was doing at the time. Well, that board evolved over time becoming a representation of all the things that I was going to have to do to get my book published and into the hands of readers. And then it continued to evolve, and it contained a milestone map uh, to, you know, of the path that my goals and, and uh, transformational experiences you know, that I wanted to communicate would appear on this, on this map. So it's, it's an incredibly dynamic vision board, and it keeps transforming in line with my own goals and personal development. It's very, very powerful. Well, a lot of people do vision boards. However, recently, a colleague introduced me to Dr. Helen Sherry, who's a psychotherapist and author who has focused her energies on a different kind of vision board, living vision gardens. Now, these gardens are dynamic by virtue, I mean, of just being alive. They're living vision boards. And I thought it would be fun and valuable to talk about the inherent qualities of this kind of board along with my own. So it's my pleasure to introduce you to Helen Sherry as we explore this topic. As I said, she's a licensed psychotherapist who for 35 years has maintained a full-time practice in Arroyo Grande for both adults and children. She's the author of children's books and stories, including Always and Forever, Angel's Ladybugs, which is a picture book and iPad interactive app that helps a young child who may have lost a parent to war. Now, Helen also works with military families around the globe. In June, her co-authored book, Pebble Wave 4, Transforming the World One Person at a Time, reached international number one bestseller status in the U.S and nine other countries. That's quite an accomplishment. And what we find in that book is that Helen is a gifted intuitive who has always had a strong affinity to all things living. And as creator of Living Dream Gardens, she synergistically blends a variety of traditions to create personalized works of art that help people rapidly manifest their dreams. As well as intuitively creating these manifestation gardens with her clients, Helen offers retreats and coaching for adults and children so that individuals can learn to access their own intuition to speed their process of healing. So today, we're going to focus on these living vision gardens. I'm very excited. Please wave your hands to welcome Helen Sherry. Welcome, Helen. Thanks, Susan. I am so excited to be here with you and your listeners. I honor the work you are doing to help others recover from disaster and move into a joyful, prosperous life. I loved hearing about your 
vision board and I'm thrilled that we can talk about living vision boards, living intention gardens. I I find that fascinating. You know, I've been working with that wall board for several years now, and it's always amazed me at how it's helped me made pro- make progress. But your boards are different. Um, can you explain the difference between the kind of board that I use and what you do with your own? What What I do is I create in a pot um, a living dream garden. So sitting here looking out at my living dream gardens, they have the life energy of succulents that grow and change and even bloom in the winter when other things are not blooming. And I have different kinds of crystals for different intentions, power animals that support the vision, and I put in symbols, and it's very organic, and it changes with what my intentions are, and I feel so supported by my garden. I have angels in there. I have fairies. I just feel in the morning when I connect with my garden and I say a prayer, I feel like I'm filling up from source. And my whole story in Pebbles in the Pond, um, it's called Put an End to Running on Empty, Bringing Back Balance for Overgivers. And it was a pattern I had unconsciously set up in childhood to serve and prioritize others first and um, even that I only mattered when I was being of service. So I really hope to spare others years and years of running on empty by creating their own living vision dream gardens so they focus on what they want to create and sometimes there's just this old subconscious pattern or tape i didn't even realize that i had decided when i was a child that life was hard well you you make that decision unconsciously you don't even know and then you keep manifesting it so this is a way to anchor onto what your dreams are, where you really want to go, just like with your vision board about your book. It was very, very clear, the steps and where you wanted to go. So this is different because you have to tend the garden, not a lot. I mean, what I love about succulents, they're very forgiving and don't take a lot of care but they do even need spritzing with water or occasional fertilizer and watching to make sure there aren't little critters that are attacking there. So for me, I had found it was so easy to write a gazillion affirmations and then get distracted from it. And so this keeps me anchored and focused on what I really want to create in my life instead of focusing on the condition that might be there at that moment at that time. You know, like Helen, the physical pain. Right. You know, you, you wrote or, or you just mentioned something very interesting about how you have to care, the kind of care you give your garden 
And it reminds me that you know, when we first talked uh, early on here, uh, we were we were talking about how you discovered that when you were in all this pain and you were not taking care of yourself but just over giving to the world, that your garden began to show it, and the weeds grew up, and the you know it didn't it didn't show care, and it was as distracted as you were from taking inner care of yourself. And I found that very powerful that you can uh, that a that something like a garden can reflect what's going on with us internally or in the outer world. Yes, and it is there beside my bed. And when I switch my own journey, um, I created i really believe from being out of balance for so long the emergency back surgery i had last year and the pain was just horrific after the operation i was lying in bed just swallowed up by the pain and then i remembered i am a healer okay i need to heal myself first and I limped outside in my PJs and created another specifically living dream garden for healing, you know, and I put the crystals in there for that and the angel for that. And then by focusing on what I wanted to create instead of what was there in the moment, the pain got better. And I've had... You know, when you have a chronic pattern like mm-hmm. overgiving or thinking life has to be hard, it's way easier to manifest it again. So I keep coming back to that whole issue of self-care and balance that's so important. It's not just... um healing professionals like myself it can be harried moms people who are giving too much at work anytime when we're out of balance so i really hope you can talk a bit to your readers about um, considering doing this for themselves because there are miraculous results when you're focusing on what you want, like healing and joy, instead of what's there in that moment, the, the manifestation. <laughs> yes, the manifestation well, of what we don't I think want. I, I do encourage people to do that. You know, it's, it is something that uh, the entire thing of what are you telling yourself, I mean, what are you listening to in your mind is really important. But let's backtrack just a minute because um, I'd like to explain to any of our listeners who may be unfamiliar with this idea of vision boards or vision gardens. I mean, just exactly what is it? And why does it work? Well, it is what you were talking about with your giant vision board at work. It is saying to the universe, this is what I want, and being clear about your intention. And when you're clear about your intention, that is what you attract. And I really, really believe that when you set a clear intention, 
factors in the universe line up to support it. And having a vision board, and my belief is if you have a three-dimensional living and growing vision board, then you really anchor on what it is you want to create in your life versus whatever are the circumstances at this moment. And it's conscious creation versus unconscious from from old tapes or programs or whatever that got set up earlier. That conditioning, that's subconscious yes. conditioning that we all receive. Absolutely. I mean, our parents, our family, our friends, our neighbors, our communities, our television sets, the newspapers, the magazines we read, uh, there's all the schools we're in. They're Definitely. all filling us with ideas that we are expected as part of our socialization to accept. And it's very, very challenging to unweave or untangle all of that conditioning uh, unless we take some really conscious effort to make it happen. So, so, okay. And that is exactly it. It is becoming conscious. I didn't even realize that I had this unconscious programming that life had to be hard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it is, okay, where are you today? What's going on your in your life well if you don't really like what has shown up you can consciously create something different yes so let's do that let's talk our listeners through this process how do you go about creating you know the step-by-step process of what's involved in creating a vision board or in your case a living vision garden in In my case, with a living vision board, a living intention garden. So, Susan, do you want me to say how to do it? Well, the basics. I mean, I think, I know you you mentioned that you you set up an intention beforehand, or you, you, or do you have to have an intention before you start? Do you have to ask the question, you know, I, how would I, what do I want? Do you have to ask a question that points the garden in the right direction or I think just I think that it is very very helpful to get still and be you know be quiet close your eyes and imagine what the life would be like if you had the life of your dreams never mind the how you are setting up what the intention is and um, you can say later, Susan, um, if the listeners go to my website, I will make available a visualization to that's them that's, mm-hmm. that's not usually on, on my website, that they can sit and listen and really think about what it is they want to create and never mind thinking as i said about the how it's the what what is your intention now, so i i do find it funny because in anticipation of this call i started i I've, I've been redoing a room in my house 
so it can be a a guest room because I haven't had one and then b a room where I can do my work in this area do my recordings and videos and that sort of thing and I I began to think what would I put in this room to make it a better room and suddenly mm-hmm. I went around the house and I'm collecting things that I've had all over the house but specifically more energetically charged for this mm-hmm. kind of work. So I found my crystals. I found a Buddha. I found an angel. I found an owl. Lately I've had an owl visiting me, and I consider mm-hmm. that very auspicious. Mm-hmm. I've found uh, pine cones and, and that sort of uh, plant life. And I found a huge amethyst crystal that I had tucked away somewhere, and it was, it was in the corner of a room. You could see it, but it didn't have a prominent place. And I found I found some candles, you know, meditation candles that are um, to help create light in the room, and then a weirwood. Now it's a it's a carved it's a carving with the face of a gnome or a nature spirit mm. carved into it. And I went, wow! I have all these things that create this energetic sense about my room. And that's what I, I would think would be, that's, that is exactly the kind of a process we go through of looking for the pieces, the elements of our vision that we can incorporate into our boards. So is that, that's sort of the next thing that you do in yours as well? Ab- absolutely. Susan, so I would encourage you also to consider taking the next step and finding any kind of a, small planter and putting in cactus mix that's the best for succulents and you can get succulents at any home store and then putting in amethyst is one of the most powerful stones it helps with stress it helps with dreams and intentions that is so perfect that you found it and what I love is you were just like looking around your house like, okay, what has had meaning to me? And you're assembling those elements in your room and it will raise the vibration in that room where you do your sacred work. And with the succulents, you don't need necessarily a lot of them if you have different shapes, different colors, um, then it does become a work of art. And putting in what has meaning to you, or someone can go to their local um, metaphysical shop and just pick whatever crystals are drawing them at that moment. And And I love that you put in your owl because I really believe that the animal kingdom can support us in our work. So I always have medicine animals in my um, dream gardens. And the reality is if you ask somebody, hmm, have you ever collected anything? Somebody might say, you know, I have no clue why I've always collected frogs. Well, frogs hold the energy of transformation. Or for me, I've always collected elephants because when I was a child, my dad held me up in the Columbus, Ohio Zoo and an elephant kissed me. And 
elephants have been special before I knew anything about the meaning of elephants. So I think your listeners can look around their houses and they may have more things than they thought and would really only need to get the, you know, a small planter. It's better if it has a hole in it um, for the drainage and cactus mix and some succulents that appeal to them. Mm-hmm. It's fun to do. They can listen to the visualization and watch, you know, watch um, their images associated with it, listen to the visualization and dream about what they'd really, really love their life to look like and then look around their homes. They might have little angels. They might have a cross that they had from childhood. It's just whatever feels of significance. And at a store like Michael's, you can find symbols. I found a little bluebird of happiness, and that's Mm. always been in my garden. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I Mm -hmm. love that you found the Buddha. I've had a Buddha in my garden. So it's whatever is of meaning to that person to help her or him create what they want in their life, not whatever is showing up at this moment. Well, Helen, I know that this has become a passion of yours and that you really want to share these things. And I, is the, uh, the, the, your book, Pebbles in the Pond, um, Transformation, in, I have, I have to look, it's a long title, so I have to read it. Is it is, Transforming <laughs> the World One Person at a Time. That's it. it. It's, it was, why did you write a book like that? I know it's very personal and it's very much about this material. Um, what, what did you hope to share through a book? What I really wanted to share with people, it's been my passion for so long, is my living dream garden so that people can get a way to balance their lives by saying, okay, I matter. These are my intentions. These are my goals. It's wonderful to be of service to others, but we also have to be of service to ourselves. So to me, that was really, really important to write this chapter, have it be in the book, which has reached so many people. And now you also, you, you, you've mentioned that you like children too, that there's some very special component of this, this work for children. Yes, I have been a therapist for children as well as for adults for 35 years, and I love working with children, and children still believe in magic and believe in dreams, and, you know, we adults have to learn about law of attraction or manifestation, but children still believe in magic and believe in angels and fairies. And so I have loved creating my dream gardens with children. I did that um, not too long ago with two young children who had lost their father, and it was on the anniversary of his death. And they brought in, the mom had made the planter, and they were only seven and nine, but they brought things 
that reminded them of their father, and they picked out power a power animal that reminded them of their dad, and one for each of them. They're only seven and nine, and um, you know we put in crystals, and they had brought sparkly stones and created a memory garden for their dad that they had lost, and they can keep tending it and and watching the succulents grow and stay connected to the memory of their dad. That's wonderful. That's really I love the fact that that children also connect back to their fairies. Absolutely. You know, to the to the elementals that that stay with us. Um now, are you continuing to write? Are you are you taking it beyond the pebbles in the pond version and creating something else? Absolutely. I am writing a fairy book for children like 8 to 10 years old to teach them to make a living dream garden. Then the parent will understand about it while reading with the child. So I'm really excited about that. And I am also working on my book for adults, um, which is about dream dream garden. So my book for kids tentatively is called Away with the Fairies, Nature's <laughs> Gifts. And my other one is going to be something like Your Living Dream Garden, Manifesting Through Joy. Oh, I love that. I love to manifest through joy. Absolutely. And, yeah. that, and that's another piece to it when... Things are going on, like with your listeners, that are really, really hard. You know, or me being in just horrible, horrible physical pain. We're at a like a slower pain kind of vibration. And by creating the vision board, by creating the living dream garden, we're raising our vibration so it's easier to manifest what we want instead of more of what we don't want. Mm-hmm. How can people get in touch with you if they want to learn more about your, your living vision gardens or about workshops or retreats that you might be organizing? They can visit my website, www.liveandgrow.com, and that's where they can see the visualization if they put www.liveandgrow.com forward slash visualization. Um, they can email me at Helen M. Sherry, S-H-E-R-R-Y, Helen M. Sherry, author at iCloud.com, or they can call my office, which is 805 area 48971. And I definitely, definitely love to hear from anyone who has, after this call, created a living dream garden and, you know, what the experience is with that. That's so exciting to me that (laughs) people will be doing this for themselves. That's been my dream for so long. And And where can they find the book Pebbles in the Pond? If they... If they go to my website, there's a link they can press on there. They also, it's also available from Amazon in print and on Kindle. But if you click the link on my website, it 
then you can um, pick print or or um, Kindle. And if someone wants to email me, I would be happy to inscribe the book and send it. So that's another option. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Helen. I am really looking forward to the next books too. I think they are. This is it's a fascinating topic, and and I know from personal experience how valuable vision boards have been to me. So I'm I'm just looking forward to the work that we can do together, even on it. Me too. Okay. Remember, folks, life is made up of both an inner and an outer game. And it's important to maintain balance in our lives because too much outer activity can lead to physical distress. Uh, One of the ways that Helen suggests is using these vision boards, these living gardens. Um, I have a quote from her. It says, my living dream gardens anchor and ground me each morning by connecting me to nature and spirit, refocusing me on my own dreams and goals as a priority. Then I am serving from a place of full, not empty, and now am manifesting miracles. I know that having your own living dream garden can do this for you as well. And I go, here, here. That is so powerful. So for our action step this week, I'm going to suggest that you experiment with creating a vision board or a living vision garden. First, ask yourself a question that you'd like answered or, a, or think about a goal you'd like to achieve. And then go to Helen's website. Take her up on that invitation and go to www.liveandgrow.com forward slash visualization and listen to her guided meditation. Uh, it, as you do, jot down some notes and then go shopping for the pieces you'd like to incorporate in your living vision garden. Shopping may mean walking around from room to room and finding the pieces that you already have and just don't have them in any particular order. But when you get it all together, you know, when you have all of your supplies, put it together and see what happens. Your subconscious mind is a wonderful ally once you begin to play with it consciously. You have the power. You can choose to change what you wish. You can choose rainbows over ruins. And with a nod to Sandra Daly, you can choose your universe. Thanks for listening today and happy dreaming. Have a great day. Thank you very much for tuning in today. If you've been inspired by this show, leave a rating or review on iTunes and visit www.rainbowsoverruins.com to receive a free chapter from Susan's book. On behalf of Susan Shereko, this has been Rebuilding Your Life, Moving from Disaster to Prosperity, sharing the journeys of those affected by sudden and great loss and what they did to heal, rebuild, and where they are now.